is the place Amen. we want to be. Amen. Place called heaven. Where I'm told there are, will be no more dying. No more crying. No more tears. No more suffering. No more of the troubles that we deal with and experience in this life. They won't be at that place called heaven. Because we have a loving God, a loving Father who will be there to wipe away all the tears. The word of God says we shall be his people and he will be our God. No worries. No troubles. No high interest rates. None of this stuff that we deal with and that troubles us in this life won't be in that place called heaven because there will be much greater business to tend to in heaven. Amen. And that's to glorify God. To sing praises and to lift him up and just sing, 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 and sing. Just glorify him all the He's worthy. Yes. He's worthy. And you know what, folks? We can taste just a, a, a little incident. Incy, wincy, bitter. Right here. Amen. We don't have to wait till we die to sin and glorify God. We don't have to wait until we die to know that. He's good. We know he's good by his mastery work that we see every day, what we call a sunrise and a sunset. We see the work of his goodness even in ourselves. He's worthy. And I hope and pray Heaven is that place you want to go to. Because there's only one other option. And surely, hell is not where you plan on spending eternity. We want to welcome those who are visiting with us today. And we say thank you for choosing to be here with us today at the Locust Grove Church of Christ. And we hope and pray that something from God's word will excite you, thrill you, but most importantly, bring you into a better understanding of where you are in a relationship with God. Amen. You may say to yourself, well, what if I find now I'm not in a relationship? That's fine. Now you realize you need to have one. And this is the place where we will be more than happy to introduce you to the one true God. Amen. And tell you about his wonderful son that laid down his life. That you and I can have eternal life. That we can be reconciled back unto God. 
and live and share in his glory. Amen. Amen. This morning, we would like to look at a subject titled, In Loving Memory. As the scripture text was read into your hearing, we all have an appointment one day. We don't know exactly the day nor the hour, but we know we have an appointment. Because the word of God instructs us, it is appointed. It's been appointed unto man once to die. But after death, folks, it's not over. Right. It's only the beginning of what we call eternity. How long is eternity? We can't even describe. We can, we can try to explain it in words. You can. You could say it's a long, 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 long time, but it's longer than that. And this morning, we would like to look at the importance of being ready for this appointment. In our lives today, we often attend funerals. And what I've noticed throughout the course of years is something about that obituary that's printed that people want to get their hand on. I don't know what it is about that obituary. But folks want and folks have got upset when they can't get one. I don't know if they're trying to confirm something or what, but that obituary is a, it's an important thing to some people when they attend funerals. Obituaries reveal a lot about a person who once lived among us. Sometimes you find out things about the deceased you never knew about them. Some good, some not so good. Or I would say, very interesting. <laughs> Through their obituary. Obituaries allow you to reflect and embrace those loving moments spent with and around the deceased. You know, you reflect, you read about the stuff written in there about them, and sometimes it can bring a smile to your face. But then in some obituaries, you wonder, what? <laughs> However, sometimes you will find while reading some obituaries, things aren't always not only are some of the writings mildly exaggerated, but many contains nothing indicating the person had made their calling and election sure, knowing that one day they were going to have to die concerning their salvation, nor being a true disciple for Jesus Christ as defined by the word of God. So often and many times you can attend a funeral and if the truth be told, I don't care how evil, wicked, or what kind of life a person
person may have lived, they're put in heaven. And folks, we know, we know that's not true. It's not true. A lot is often said about how the person loved fishing. They love hunting, painting, traveling, eating, and etc. Oh, they love doing all those wonderful things. And I'm not saying it's a sin to enjoy doing those things. But how much about what is said in your obituary will mean anything on that great day of judgment. What will God care about in the day of judgment? Not gonna care about you liking to go fishing. Not gonna care about how much you enjoy traveling. How much you enjoy painting, how much you enjoy hunting and, and eating. All of that is about you. But what will be said concerning the life you live that glorified God? That was in obedience to what our mission is as a Christian and going forth into this world doing what the Lord has commanded for us to do. The best written obituary is the one that synchronizes with the holy word of God. Amen. Don't leave your family in a position to have to exaggerate your obituary. Some families struggle. You know, they don't want to go too far overboard because they know people knew this person. Don't leave your family in a position where they're more stressed out over writing your obituary than they are about your death. <laughs> People know the truth. Amen. And so does God. Amen. Here are some scriptures to assist you in making sure your obituary and my obituary is not fake news. <laughs> and it will also be approved of God. You know, so often, obituaries is full of fake news. Mm -hmm. To put it kindly, I don't want to just say a bunch of lies. Oh, I just said that, didn't I? <laughs> it's a lot of fake news. Mark 16, 15, 16. The Bible teaches us some important information concerning our salvation. Will it be noted in your obituary that first and foremost, they were a child of God. And they did what was necessary according to the scriptures to be a Christian, not just using it as a loose term. Matthew 25, 31 through 46. outlines a very important principle. You know, you read about some people in their obituary, oh, they love to travel. They visited here, visited there, this and that. But listen to this. 
Matthew chapter 25, 31 through 46. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations. He shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and put the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? See, while you were traveling and enjoying yourself, that was about you. But the traveling we need to focus on is going into the world doing good for me. Doesn't matter how much you travel, what good did you do to glorify God in your travel? Right. How many people did you lend a helping hand to? Mm. How many people did you reach out and show compassion toward? Right. How much good did you do in the name of our Lord mm. in all of your travels? It's not wrong to travel, but keep in mind, our lives is about glorifying God. Amen. It's not about pleasing ourselves. Mm -hmm. All of these other things we could get caught up in talking about, and we read about it some obituary, but what good is it going to do in the judgment? Mm -hmm. I don't, have time, I don't have time to go through it. It's, it's on your front of your bullet. <coughs> Will your obituary match the service you gave honoring God while you live? Hmm. Huh? Will it? Or will Will a funeral home just make a generic <laughs> printout? Because, honestly and truthfully, your family know better than to say anything different. Yeah. Will it really be a home-going celebration? <laughs> oh, we, we, we go to funerals and we hear, and they get up there and whoop, holler, shout, and everything. Oh, ain't no time to feel sad. Ain't no time to feel bad. This is a Homegoing celebration. They would want you to be happy and all that. You know, that all sounds good. Yeah. But did their life reflect that? Amen. Did their life reflect 
a commitment of service and denying themselves and doing what God would have them to do so that it would truly be a homegoing celebration. Surely they're not of the mindset saying, well, it's a homegoing celebration for somebody to go to hell. <laughs> that would be nothing to get excited about. No, we know. Folks are talking about, they're going to heaven, they're going to heaven. But folks, my question is, you can print and write all you want to, but God knows the facts. Amen. Will it really be a homegoing celebration? Will there be anything mentioned other than what you enjoy doing for yourself? What about your service to God? What about your service to the local congregation you were a member of? Did you attend regularly? Did you help out? Were you available to drive the van? Were you available to help pick up folks who wanted to come? Were you available to go do a service or help do communion for the sick and shed in? Did you avail yourself to do anything for the work of the church? Or was the church a hindrance to you? What things will be listed that truly matter to God and glorifying Him? Oh, I'm just so busy. I just have so much going on. Uh-huh. And maybe that should be listed in your obituary. They were very busy, and they have no time to do nothing for the church. <laughs> Isn't that what people always say? I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Well, let's just let's just record what you said. Whenever you whenever you called upon them, they would never be committed, and they would always disappoint you with some excuse to tell you how busy they were. So if you needed something done, you can rest assured, don't call on them. Because they're going to tell you, I was so busy. Now what if, what if somebody wrote that or said that about you while you were living? You would be offended, right? <laughs> Why be offended about the truth? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> What things will be listed that truly matter to God? How, how much you worked on your job, all the hours you invested in your job, while your family went neglected? Oh, that's going to matter to God, but not in a glorious way it won't. Where you shopped at, what kind of car you drove. You think God gives a care about that? How does God be glorified by that? But yet, in lack 
lacking in all of the things that we may do in our living, we expect somebody to come up with something so marvelous to write in our obituary. In 2 Kings 20, the story is told about a king named Hezekiah. And to make a long story short, Hezekiah was informed that he was going to die. He said, in those days, was Hezekiah sick unto death? And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thy house in order. Mm. You know what? You look at it, that's a blessing right there. Yeah. Hey, yeah. get it right. Because yeah. you leave it here. Yeah. Set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, listen close, church. I beseech you, I beg thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Let me read verse 3 again. I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now. Why is that so important? Remember now. For God to have to remember, he had to have done it. Amen. Is this a prayer we can pray? Remember now how I have walked before thee in truth. In other words, according to your word. And with a perfect heart. And have done that which is good in thy sight. Wasn't about pleasing himself. I've done the things that are good in your sight. But what are some of the things we should be involved in doing that are good in God's sight? Read Matthew 25. People are hungry. People in prison. People need compassion. People need to know the gospel. Everybody's too busy to do any and everything. I promise you, you ain't going to be too busy to die. That's right. Amen. Bobby, so many, we're, we're so busy on Saturday, on the fourth Saturday every month, we ain't got time to set aside one hour to just walk through the halls and sing. <laughs> but just so happen, maybe you might become a resident. And then you might be over-critical over, over regarding why the church don't come and do things for the folks in the nursing home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hezekiah said, I've done that which is good in thy sight. And it came to pass before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, turn again and tell Hezekiah, 
the captain of my people. Thus said the Lord, the God of David, thy father. I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. I don't recall <clears throat> reading anything other in his prayer than what he had done. If I can call it his living obituary. This is what I have offered before you, Lord. And I'm just asking, remember what I have done. Is that what we're writing in our obituary today? What would your obituary contain today? If we, if we open a print press right now, what would be the truth about your obituary today? Oh, you would say, well, they were a good person defined good. A good man steps out order by the Lord. Well, you know, they, they weren't bad. <laughs> Define that. The question we should be asking ourselves and what we should be making sure we're putting emphasis on is, is our life going to make a difference and receive God's approval? People can write anything. People can lie when they write. But God knows the facts. God knows the difference between fake news and the truth. And we need to understand God has records. So regardless of what your spouse or children or grandchildren may write, to make people feel good or think good of you when you die, God has the facts. Right. Yeah. And God's word is going to show up at judgment, John 12, 48, and it's going to stand as the truth, and if your life that you live don't measure up and match, that's going to be some trouble. Mm -hmm. Verse 6. And I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Well, that's 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 a that's a wonderful God. Yeah. Amen. Because of what he heard in this prayer. God said, I'm going to give you 15 more years. Only God can do it. Only God can do that. But what I really want you to focus and emphasize on in verse 3, what he said. Can you say that today? Lord, I, listen, can you say, I beseech thee, O Lord, today. Remember now how I am walking before you 
in truth and with a perfect heart. And I am doing that which is good in your sight. Well, I'm working on it. <clears throat> you know, there should come a point in life where some things you should learn to master. Some things you should just learn to master. You know, when, when, you, when you're working to become a tradesman, you don't become, you don't, you don't remain an, an apprentice plumber all your life. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remain an apprentice heating uh, HVAC guy all your life. Not if you want to make the real money. Now, you could remain an apprentice all you want to. But the goal is to get your own license. And then there are some other levels called journeyman level. In other words, the mastery level where, you know what? There's no question about that you don't know what you do. That should come a point in our lives as we grow and develop as Christians that there are some things we should grow to the point and put away. If I'm still cursing today as much as I was last year, something ain't right. If I'm still chasing women and fornicating as much today as I was two months ago, something ain't right. And let me tell you something. God's word is not the problem. So could we pray this? I don't know. That's between you and God. But I'm simply saying, why not? Why not? Just strive to write your obituary now while you live. So it doesn't matter what folks write. God have the facts already on fire. In Matthew chapter 6, the Bible said, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you should eat, what you should drink, nor for your body, what you should put on is not the life more than meeting your body of raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, they sow not. We talked about this in Sunday school. What we need to be seeking is the kingdom of God. How much you love fishing, how much you love reading and painting, how much you love doing all these other things, I'm not saying they're sinful. But I'm saying our lives should have a priority. And that priority begins with a charge that we should, verse 33, but seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So often we bypass this because there are other things in life we want to do. So we put other things before seeking first the kingdom of God. And it continues to build up and pile up. And the next thing you know, the church has no interest in our minds anymore. Other than we might show up hit and miss 
this Sunday or another Sunday or whatever, but if Lord didn't anything else out of you for the sake in the work of the church, it don't exist. Because you're seeking first to please yourself, not the kingdom of God. Verse 34 said, take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We're planning. Not, not, not just for tomorrow. Some of us planning for next month, next year. But we keep forgetting something very critical. Whose hand is your life in? Who determines tomorrow? What we need to understand, folks, is what God has on fire that's going to matter. Family members can write what they want, say what they want, read all the poems they want. They could get up and sing like archangels in them. They, they could do all that they want. But I'm going to tell you something. God has the fire. And the foul that's going to count is what you have done with your life. Paul said in Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you, I beg you, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your which is your reasonable service. Folks, you can't be in love with this world and please God. You're gonna turn on one of them. You can't be in love with this world and live a life pleasing unto God. You're going to roll on one of them. And in most cases, you're going to roll on God. You have to make up your mind, folks. There's nothing you're missing out in this world. We should, we should know that. Look at what God saved us from. Amen. Brought us out of darkness into the marvelous light. Why is it we don't understand there is nothing we're missing out there? Amen. You know, the, every time it pops up in our thoughts about going back out there, you know what? We should get up, we should become afraid. Because we know we were on death row. Proud to God choosing us and saving us, redeeming us. We were on the road to eternal damnation. Why should we even have a desire to want to go back? We should thank God even that much more. Just the thought of where he brought us from. If you're here today and you're not in the right relationship with God to have your obituary to be not only written but live the right way. 
The Bible teaches us a simple message. What must I do to be saved? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It said both Jesus and the apostles got it by the Holy Spirit told that to be saved, it is necessary that one hear. Romans 10, 13 through 17, John 6, 45, Revelation 1 and 3. Believe, John 2, 13, 31. Hebrews 11 and 6, Acts 16, 31. Must repent, Luke 13, 3 and 5. Acts 2, 38, Acts 17, 30, 31. Must confess, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Be baptized, Mark 16, 15, 16. 1 Peter 3, 21. Acts 2, 38. Acts 22 and 16. But you know there's one more step. You got to live godly. You got to live faithful unto death. That would get you in. But you got to stay here. Once saved, not always saved. You got to live godly. Titus 2, 11 through 14. Romans 12, 1 and 2. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11. So folks, what are you writing today? What are you writing? It's going to be revealed one day. Just as the sheep were put on one side and the goats were put on the other. Just like those ten virgins, that story of them, the parable of them. Five were wise and five were foolish. Why were five foolish? Because they didn't prepare. They didn't make the necessary preparations. Are you going to be wise in your obituary or are you going to be foolish? We know there is an appointment we all must keep. Amen. So we know it is appointed on the man once to die. Wouldn't it just make sense to be writing the correct things Amen. while we live? For us who are members of the body of Christ, this will be a great day. While it's still time. You know what? You can, you can start living the correct way and you can copy over what's already written. You ever been on the computer and you already got something saved and you go back and modify and you hit save and it said, this file already exists. Do you want to replace it? You know what? You may not have been walking as God as you should, but you know what? You could copy over that now. Amen. Through repentance and living godly as we go forward. Today is your day to make a decision. What are you going to do about it? What's our song, daughter? 633. 633 is our song of invitation. If you're here today and you have the need to be baptized today for the remission of your sins, we ask that you come forward, have a seat on the front row, and we will take the information and we will baptize you today, not later, not tomorrow. Today is all we have. Why don't you get it right? Watch together and stand and sing the invitation song.